What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Hard Count. You know, hosting it, as always, Anthony. CJ, my friend, my co-host, how are we doing on this fine evening? Doing well. Doing well today. Uh, it's kind of a slow, slow day, but I'm glad to be on with my guy, Connie, talking football. Got a special guest today as well. Yes, sir. Garrett, what's going on? Uh, just another day doing the Iowa spring, you know, where it was 70 last week and it's 33 today. So <laughs> got to love it. Crazy. Crazy. You know, I, I, it's, been, it's been a little nice here in New York recently. I get, you know, CJ, no complaints out of us. Calm, calm 60s. It was raining. It was raining all weekend. Though. Bro, all week, though. Kill, you know, I'm trying to look like, you know, Tiger out here trying to get a little <laughs> trying to get some golf rounds in and nice. you can't do it in the rain. Yeah, yeah, it was it was the blow, but uh, today definitely a lot, a lot nicer. So hopefully that stays that way for us. Listen, CJ, I need you to speak for yourself, okay? Because as we talked about in the pre-show, your boy was at the DMV today. So there was – yo, let me tell you, though. I came back from the DMV, watched a little ESPN and all that, slumped. I woke up at like 6.30 out of nowhere, like – rested and uh, not rested you never feel rested after you wake up from a nap but i'm okay i'll survive all right before we get into everything though of course gotta thank the sponsors one time for the one time uh so if you're into the betting world make sure you go over to mybookie.ag and use code usm100 to double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars uh if you want to bet, just do it there. We got baseball going on right now. We have uh, the NBA, obviously, still going on, NHL. Uh, there's fights all the time. So if you want to bet on something, just go find it and bet on it with my bookie. And, of course, like I said, use our promo code. Uh, up next, we have RxHemp, RxHemp-USN. We'll save you 10% on your entire order. So if you're a little sore from life, as I always like to say, Go over to RxHemp. RxHemp, you know, they got the pain relief CBD creams. You'll feel brand new when you wake up in the morning, get a little CBD cream after a long day at the gym or something like that, and bam, you're A-okay. Next up, we have the Teespring. Teespring.com slash stores slash unwrapped. Go check out the merch, guys. You know, the network has its own merch. And then, you know, if there's a show on the individual lineup, that's you like, you know, possibly like this one. Make sure you go and check out the merch or, you know, like Garrett Show, the People's XFL. So go check it out. Put some money in the pockets. And then finally, the last one of the day is our Patreon, patreon.com slash unwrap sports. One dollar. You're just supporting the squad, letting us know you like what we do. Five dollars. You get entered into a gift card giveaway. You also get 10% off the store, and you get access to our Discord chat where you know you're like an honorary member of the Unwrapped family, as I like to say. And then that $10 tier, you get everything I just said, except the 10% discount goes to 20 and you get entered in to our signed memorabilia giveaway each month. A couple months ago, we did Keenan Allen. Last month, we did David Montgomery. I don't know what we're doing this month yet. I am not positive when it comes out. I'm sure that uh, we will post it unless somebody knows something more than me. I don't know. Good I don't know. See, I, see, I saw Gary. I saw Gary getting ready to talk for a quick second, so I thought he like had some low key information that I didn't know. So, I was well, I was getting ready for the this guy Q in because I was a little slow last time you gave it to me, so I was like all ready for it this time. Well, you know, it's, it, it's true. Garrett did steal uh, the last giveaway. 
I'm still calling. Uh, I'm I'm still. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I can't think of the word, but I, I don't think Aaron. Okay, he's the only Bears fan that we got, and he just wins. Of course he does. Of course he does. I think he stole it. It's a nice come up there, brother. Nice come up. CJ, like you know it. what it, I think it's happened? Going, it's going on the wall back here once I get it. So. CJ, you know what I think happened? I think he pulled a Kevin Durant. Oh, man. He made up. big burner <laughs> accounts, big old burner accounts, paid $10, and then said, you know what? Yeah, I am Amanda. Give me my <laughs> David Montgomery jersey. I'm crying. <laughs> well, I all right. If I had a burner, I would not try to. I would not use a female name just because I don't think I could pass myself off as a female. What about like Garetta? <laughs> You'll be Garetta instead of Garrett. Got it. It's all good. <laughs> but all right, let's get into the football news. And I think the big news that came out yesterday, near and dear to me in CJ's heart, is our boy Julian Edelman. Gone, retiring. Uh, he he ended up on the transaction list uh, late yesterday that the Patriots had like cut him or released him. Uh, it turned out to be a failed physical. You know he's had a lot of stuff done on his knee, so I assume that's what it would be. Uh, and then there was you know the speculation on whether he was going to retire, if he was going to you know go join somebody else. You know maybe hop over to the Bucks bandwagon, play with Brady one more time. But he ended up hanging it up in a nice little tribute video to the people. CJ, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll, before we get into the main conversation about it, because I have mine. And Gary, even I know you're not a Patriots fan, but maybe you have yours as well. CJ, do you have a favorite Julian Edelman moment? I mean, where do I start? I mean, oh man, like uh, I would say, I would say the catch against Atlanta. Obviously, that got to be number one for me, and then. The catch against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl to for the for the lead, that was that was a big one. The third and fourteen catch in that game. I mean, it's it's I don't know, bro. You're asking the wrong guy. Bro. It's a lot of it's a lot of moments. It's a lot of moments um, for Jules. I was I would say those I would say those are my those are my top three right there. I'm disappointed in you. Were you gonna say the the pass? To, yes, um, bro. Pass to Danny Amendola. I left that one down for you. ten. Yeah, I left that one for you. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> down ten. Broke out the quarterback arm one more time for the one time. Threw a nice little dot to Danny Amendola. I mean, was he wide open? Basically, it's a great play. But hey, that that was a nice little catapult. They were Patriots were down ten points in that game twice. And that was one of the reasons that they came back. So that was, that's my moment. I, I, I obviously like the ones you said, too. I didn't even think about that third and 14 play against the Seahawks where he got absolutely bodied by Cam Chancellor. I think if I got hit like that, my soul would leave my body. So I don't know how I didn't remember the hit. But, yeah, that's a good one. Of course, the Seahawks catch. And then I think easy number two for me besides that pass. And probably should be number one. It has to be that Atlanta catch. I mean – and then, that is, and then, I mean, if you want to put it as a moment or a game, his whole game against the Rams, the whole damn thing. So He was the only one doing anything on offense in that game. Only, so. Yeah, I got the newspaper clipping on my wall of when they won that one. The headline, Dynasty Rolls On, Edelman, MVP. Oh, what a time. What a time. Garrett, did you actually have an Edelman moment? I think not being a Patriots fan, I – 
but I, I'm not a hater either, like some people are. And I just, I was always impressed. That guy, he always showed up to play and he always left it all on the field. And he did whatever his team needed him to do. You know, you, you need you need you to throw a 10 yard pass, win a fucking game. Okay. <laughs> I just, okay, I'll go do it. And he went and he did it. I mean, and he was always leaving it all out there. He always put his head down. He threw blocks on running plays, stuck to the fundamentals, always found a way to get open, was always helping his QB out. Just great guy. Bro, that speaking of blocks, one of my fa- another one of my favorite ones. I can't remember the wide receiver, but he came over from Arizona uh and he caught a pass against against Miami and Edelman laid somebody out against the Dolphins. So uh, Michael Floyd. Yes. Oh my god. Laid out that Dolphins defender and Floyd scored <laughs> that touchdown. Another one. I, I can watch that play on replay a lot. I really can. Yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't re- I couldn't remember specific plays, but I love fundamental players. So seeing a receiver go out there and do a good job blocking, just I, I love seeing that. Yeah. And then I guess we'll get into that main conversation that a lot of people are having right now. Warranted or unwarranted, you know, some people are – I feel like you're either firmly on one side or the other. I guess you can be in the middle. I've seen some of those arguments too. But CJ Garrett is our is my man. Me and CJ's man. A Hall of Famer. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Um, just got to be logical. Uh, he has – he has the postseason numbers. I tweeted this out last uh, last night, uh, right after he announced his retirement. He, he has the postseason numbers, yes, but the regular season numbers just don't match. He doesn't have the doesn't have the the all pros. Doesn't have the Pro Bowls. Um, I mean, he he was a he was a great Patriots wide receiver, but he was never a top ten wide out, top five wide out. When I look at the Hall of Fame, they look at were you the best at your position. Or one of the best of your position, top five, top ten, um, in your in your era, in your time, in the time span that you played. And if the answer is no, then you you can't you can't get in the hall. Like I say, it doesn't have the touchdowns. Doesn't even have anything close to the touchdowns. He has like forty something touchdowns. Um, but again, that's you you could credit that to to Bill as well, because again, Bill really doesn't like number one wide receivers. He likes for the quarterback to spread the ball around. So other than Randy Moss, he was the only guy. But in terms of, like, drafting a guy that hasn't really been a true, true number one guy um, come out of the Patriots. So that's why I think he, I think he's, like, ninth or, like, like sixth or ninth in, in receiving touchdowns in Patriots history. It's just not – it's just not common. Other than Gronk is the only guy. He's the only constant that, uh, that, that just brought that production from a pass-catching standpoint every single season when he was healthy. So uh, I'm going to say no for Edelman. Great player. Like like Garrett said, did everything. I remember when he played corner on Victor Cruz in that Super Bowl against the Giants. Yeah, he was <laughs> yeah, he was playing nickel back. Yeah, he was he was doing everything, man. And um he was just a punt return, kick return, quarterback, like like you guys talked about. I think he has a better average than Devin Hester. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um definitely one of the one of just one of the most complete players, honestly. One of the most complete offensive players. Um, and, and, and now time, it's just sad, man. It's just, it's just a whole new, it's a whole new era now in New England. You know, Gronk gone, Brady gone, Edelman's gone. 
So, you know, that was that was the trio for the last decade or so. Used to talk so much trash to my friends about having that trio, and now it's just you know it's Cam and Damian Harris and, and John o. Smith now. So we'll see, we'll see. So yeah, it's just that. as my guy Nick says, uh, new flowers, new flowers here. So, but yeah, Edelman, shout out to Edelman. You know, great great career, but not a Hall of Famer. I'm squarely in the middle on this. I don't have very strong feelings anyway. I. I think he's just a real borderline guy. He he did a lot of really good stuff. He was definitely a key part of a lot of Super Bowl wins. But the regular season stats just that they aren't there. And I was on Sports Me. Shout out Sports Me, great app. A uh, guy asked if you think Hester should be in the Hall of Fame, then you can't say no to Edelman. And it's like, well, no, because you look at Devin Hester, and I think he's a shoe in because he was the greatest at his position. He was the greatest kick and bunt returner in the game. So he gets in. And I, I don't think you could say that about Edelman being a, re- he was not the greatest receiver. I don't really think he's even in, like CJ said, top five, top 10. He, he's not really in that discussion at any point. So that makes it a little hard, but on the other hand, clutch performances do matter and media does matter. So, I mean, you can make the argument on his playoff performances and the way he showed up clutch and the way he was such a great fundamental player and contributed so much to the team that he deserves a spot. So I don't think, I definitely don't think he's a first ballot guy, but I, I could see him getting in. I could see him not, and I'm not going to be upset about it either way. I don't really have strong feelings about it either way. I think he's just one of those borderline guys that was really, really good. But I don't know if he – he definitely doesn't cross the threshold for an automatic Hall of Famer. But does he cross the threshold to get in? It's close, man. It's close. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, for me, for me, like, when I – when I could – when I – we talk about Hall of Fame, it's like – T.O., Hall of Fame. Like, that's it. Like, you don't even have to, like, question it. There's no – no, Yeah, yeah, he got in. It took it took three years, but he got in. It's like Randy Moss, Hall of Fame. Like, you don't even, like – there's no question. There's no – well, you know what I'm saying? If you have to do that, I feel like you, you you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because that means you've seen their career and you could, you could just tell, yo, this guy was one of the best at his position during his career, during a 10-, 12-year span. No question has the numbers postseason. I mean, that's just that's team success. You know, I mean, it's just is. I mean, it, it, he stepped up. Don't get me wrong. He stepped up big time in the postseason. But, you know, when it comes to the regular, those regular season stats, I mean, Torrey Holt's not in right now. Reggie Wayne's not in. Those guys are Hall of Famers, in my opinion. I mean, we all watch those guys play. To me, those those guys are Hall of Famers. So um, they need to get in a couple some other guys, too. So um, I know he's, he won't be eligible to a 2026. But I just feel like when you, when you have to think about it, I feel like that's that's just nah. Well, let me complete the circle. <laughs> yeah, we got to go a middle and a and I'll go yes. And I, I lean towards yes, not because I don't know. I I think that the postseason really does matter. Like you look at that, and you know, people. Oh, he played on the Patriots. Of course, he's going to have more postseason. Okay. Is that his fault? What do you want him to do? Request a trade to the Browns so he so he wouldn't have postseason numbers? Like it doesn't make sense. I mean, he's behind um, Jerry Rice in receiving yards and receptions. I mean, it's not like it's some nobody 
And I can make uh, – you know, I got some pushback on this in the chat when we were discussing it. I, in my opinion, make a strong argument that he was the second most important player to the Patriots that time. Obviously, Brady's number one. And then everybody always says Gronk second. And Edelman didn't play a lot of full seasons, but he would usually only miss like a game or two, this or this or that. Edelman seemed to always be there. And Gronk, you obviously had those seasons. He wasn't he wasn't in the Atlanta Super Bowl where they still won that one. I I think, you know, I talked about it earlier. Edelman's the only reason they won the Rams Super Bowl. I mean, nobody else was doing anything. Uh, he, was a Super, he was a Super Bowl MVP for a reason. Yeah. Uh, you can look at it that he's the reason they won the Atlanta Super Bowl. Hey, what if he doesn't make that catch? I, I, is it is it luck that you could fit like I think they did a they did a sports science on it. And I mentioned this yesterday on Gen Z. They could you could only fit like an IHOP stack of pancakes underneath the football, like not inches. They were talking. They were measuring in pancakes. So, so you know, we're doing something there. Elite science, elite science, right there, man. It is. Listen, hey, sports science. I'm not going to argue with science, as they say. Um, even though some people do. Uh, and then you can look at the Seattle Super Bowl, where CJ brought it up again. The third and fourteen, the go-ahead touchdown. I mean, he came up in big moments over and over and over again. Like, if you're maybe not the best in the regular season. He might be one of the best in the postseason. Like we never said that he was a the best receiver in the in the regular season. I agree with that 100. percent I don't think he was ever. I don't even think he was ever in like a top 15 discussion of wide receivers his entire career. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So you, you, you see, here's my other thing. You're on my side. Then. No, no, I'm not. I'm not though, because I think he get. I think he should get it, and also because, all right, <laughs> if we're gonna do this, then there's a few people that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Ooh. Joe Namath shouldn't be there. He got more interceptions than touchdowns. That's a Hall of Famer. I don't think Eli should get in. I, I definitely don't think Eli should get Eli, in. But Eli, I, I was gonna going to circle to back in. to that Eli's point and ask CJ that. Like, if Eli gets in, should Edelman be in? Because I think if they you put Eli, Eli in, you have you to put Edelman Eli's in. Getting in. There's literally no chance Eli I, doesn't get in. I don't think Eli. Should, I don't. To me, I don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer. Bro. I know I've. Uh, he he had he had two special and I agree with you seasons. on that one. <laughs> yeah, two special seasons. Uh, he didn't. He was the best quarterback in the NFC East for a, for a minute. I mean, you could say Romo, whatever, but I mean, they had they had definitely had more. All right, so let's use your own argument against you. Was he ever top five? That's this is what I'm saying. That's this is what I'm saying. I, I was gonna get to that. I was, he was the best quarterback in the division and didn't dominate the division. It was always dicey. It was always the Cowboys, Eagles a couple times, Giants a couple times. Giants, Giants went to the playoffs and they go to the Super Bowl. It was never do- like like Brady dominated the AFC East. It was never like that for Eli. He, he only has like three or four Pro Bowls. He's, he'll probably he'll get in because of the, the two special seasons. But outside of that, he was never to me. I never looked at him as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, yeah, I can make seven that- guys in his era better than him. Eight guys, easy. And that's kind of where I could see Edelman getting in because if you put Manning, Eli Manning in for being the Tom Brady killer and winning two Super Bowls, then you have to put Edelman in for his playoff performances. For being the Tom Brady saver then. Yeah, I, I mean, like, because, like, literally, that if Eli gets in, it's going to be because he beat Tom Brady twice. There's nothing else he did. 
Yes, exactly. Right, here's, here's another, here's another player whole, that I think you're, gets you're, dimin- you're diminishing the Hall of Fame if, if that's the only reason. That's your only criteria. I'm, well, I'm, yeah, and if that's where they're going to put the bar, then Edelman gets in. Right. Yeah. Here's I mean, my, yeah, yeah. If that's the bar, then cool. But I just we're, feel like, yeah, we're going to lower the bar even more. Oh because, man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another person I think gets in, and I talked to CJ about this one time on his on his Twitch stream. Make sure you go uh, check out CJ on Twitch. Um, but I, I think Phil Rivers is going to get in. He has he has the best numbers out of the two other quarterbacks that were drafted against him. He has the best numbers. I think he didn't win a Super Bowl. He was terrible in playoffs. I I can see him getting in. Like and and here's my other thing too. I don't think Eli, I don't think Edelman, I don't think Rivers are first ballot. You're out of your mind. I I think Edelman should get in the Hall of Fame. I think he's like an eighth ballot person. <laughs> but like I think I think Eli is like a is like a fourth or fifth. I think Philip is probably like a sixth type of thing. But either way, nobody remembers what ballot you got into the Hall of Fame. Everybody just knows that you're a Hall of Famer. Does anybody know that Shannon Sharper's a third ballot? No. Not a single person knows that. Unless you really care that much, but I think somebody like Phil Rivers is going to get in. Like I said, I think Eli will end up getting in. Uh, I, I think there's board. Here's my other thing: if Hester gets in, and CJ, you think he deserves that? He is, yes, probably the best punt and kick returner. Is that he? He didn't have much success in other places, you know, like a receiver, things like that. So. He's still changing. Is that enough to get in? Yeah, it He's doesn't still- matter. He gets in as a punt and kick returner yeah, because yeah. he changed the game. Death taxes and kick it away from Hester. Yeah, they literally, they literally kick you know kick the ball on touchbacks because of Devin Hester's out there. Like, I mean, well, score the first score the touchdown. Has a better average than him. I mean, he took he. I mean, he had significantly less amount of punt attempts though than Hester. So, True. So it's like you I'm have to look at devil's advocate. advocate. I just like being annoying. <laughs> Yeah, no, as no. Hester's getting in, bro. I mean, like you can't. I mean, he's he was dominant since Miami, bro. Like he's come on. He he was the kick returner in the NFL yeah. for multiple years. I yeah, mean, it's, it's unfortunate that the the I wish hopefully the Bears would have used him, you know, or maybe he didn't have the hands. I, I don't know. I never. I, I always wonder why they never used him. Listen, it has to be the hands because in Madden, bro, his catch rating always. Yeah, I, Gary, you could. I guess you could, you could answer that better than than any of us. I always wonder why he they never used him as like you know a, a weapon on offense. I never knew that. I never understood why. Have you met the Bears coaching staff slash front office organization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could, yeah, that could be. The they week. took a second round pick and turned him into a backup in Buffalo. So, or a, sec, a, a sorry, a number two pick and turned <laughs> him into a, a backup in Buffalo. So, it's tough. It's I, tough. I, I, I personally put that way more on Nagy than I do on Trubisky. So, mm. Mm. I, I don't know. I think it's tough. It's tough. Man. It's like I said. I think. I think it's very close. I think it's going to be – I think it depends on a lot of who gets in over the next yeah. few years. Because – wide receiver, right? Or, or, or it just doesn't matter? Well, I don't know. I feel like it's whatever. Because to me, like I said, I agree with you on Eli. I've, I've been saying that forever. As, you know, people who, you know, live in New York, CJ, we saw a lot of Eli Manning. Every there season. is no shot that is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. I'm sorry. He led the league in interceptions like 
twice. I, be, I believe it was twice. Um, he, he leads the NFL in memes. So, I mean, uh, he might be able to get in on that one. But you're literally putting him in for two runs where do you really put either one of those runs? Like, the, right, maybe, the, maybe the playoff runs you put on him, but he didn't win either one of those Super Bowls, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the defenses did. Uh, he, I mean, all right, he, he made the made throw to Manning. You can make that, that same argument about half of Brady. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He made big plays. He made big plays in that. He made big plays in those games. Um, they won. They they went on some. You know, they went on some crazy streaks in the playoffs. But yeah, like I said, like like we we, we both agree, man. I mean, from a, a his 15 year career, no one ever said he was a top five quarterback. Never. Yeah, hey, that's kind of where I was, I, and we got we touched on. But if Eli yeah. gets in, then Edelman gets in because. I like I think the bar is currently here and Edelman's like right here and then Manning's like down here. So if they put Manning in, then they have to put Edelman in. <laughs> like I, I mean that's the other thing too. Like it gets dicey. I mean, there's some Hall of Famers you look at and you're like like don't get me wrong. And oh, oh you're gonna go to the old timers. Uh, I am. See it. I, I already I'm see going it. to. Oh, Bro, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think I really realized it until I looked at his stats. And don't get me wrong, they're good for three seasons. Three. Ooh. Terrell Davis. Okay. Terrell Davis yeah. had three good NFL seasons out of his eight, and he made the Hall of Fame. Don't get me wrong, one of them, he had like 20 something touchdowns and 2,000 yards. Unbelievable. Right. He had three good years. Is yeah, that, years so, is solid so, for running so, back. So, so, I mean, so, 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 Gail Sayers shouldn't get in? Shouldn't be Hall of Famer? I got to look played, at I have to look at his numbers. I, he played the same, he played the same amount, he played the same amount of time as, as Terrell Davis. I mean, running backs, it's, it's a, it's a, bro, you're, you're getting beat up every single play, bro. Even when you're not running the ball, you're getting hit. I mean, he, he was dominant in his, in his time frame. But three years? That's all we have to do? I, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, I get, I, for, get for, I think it's a different different standard for a running back versus quarterback versus receiver because running backs get the shit beat out of them. Right. He played – hold on. One, two, three, four, five. Six. He played seven years in the NFL and had 1,500, 1,700, and then the 2,000-yard season, uh, 13 touchdowns, 15, and then 21. Those other years he had – 211 yards, 282 yards, 701 yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, zero touchdowns. And I, I, I'd have to look because you didn't I tell mean, me about this discussion ahead of time, but less carries, I would say mostly. I mean, it's not like they were feeding him. The, he didn't have the same amount of carries. I'm guessing that he well, was he also more beat up. The seasons, that's why. Yeah. So, four games, four games, and eight games. Yeah, on the, on the back end, right? Yeah, that's the last three years right, of his career. Right. So that makes that makes. I mean, no, but I mean, he went, yeah, because he's a running right, back. He listen, got the shit beat out of him. Listen, all right, we love the Tom Brady Cliff thing. Big yeah. fan of it. Yeah. You want to talk about a Cliff? Terrell Davis, ninety-eight, had the two thousand eight yards, twenty-one touchdowns. Next season, played in four games, had two hundred eleven yards and two touchdowns, and then two thousand played in four games, two hundred eighty-two yards, two touchdowns, two thousand one. 167 yards or 701 yards in eight games and zero touchdowns. Like, that's a cliff. You want to talk about a cliff? 
That's how my many carry, How many carries did he have to get 2,000 yards? So he got 2,000 yards. He had 392 attempts. So 350 times that season he got the shit kicked out of him. I'll give him 42 times that he got out of bounds. I mean. Yeah. I, I think that's realistic. I mean, you you talk about eating 350 hits from linebackers and linemen and safeties with a head of steam. All right. That, uh, I got that, this that's question. a lot of hurt. Right, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll ask you this question then. <laughs> if I can find this person. Hold on. Oh, here we go. I got a, I got a question for you then. If we're going based on that, so we got 1,059 yards, 12 touchdowns, 15, 40, and 16 touchdowns, 2,027 and 17 touchdowns. Is he a Hall of Famer right now? He retires. Who are you, t- who are you talking about? Uh, that's why. Uh, so are, you doing, are, you doing, are you doing a blind profile? Yeah, just a blind little profile. Would you say that's a Hall of Famer right now? He retires? Say, say it one more time, my bad. Had. Had a thousand fifty nine yards, but twelve touchdowns. Had fifteen hundred forty yards and sixteen touchdowns, and then two thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns. I would lean yes, going in blind and without seeing how many, any tape. How many just years? Because that's a, that's a that's just a three year stretch. Sounds like Derrick Henry. That's it is Derrick Henry. Henry. <laughs> yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, bro. Right now, Derrick Henry charges a Hall of Famer. I would say yes, depending on what happens. But I mean, even even if he comes out and he's taking less carries and missing games, those three seasons. I mean, it's the same deal. But those three seasons alone put him in. He was the best running back in the game. I mean, he is currently the best running back in the game. I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I struggle. I like the I, I like a little bit more. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're they're unbelievable numbers. Like I can't, I'm not arguing that. It's just like the three year stretch, and I know it is a running back. I, I understand that fully, but I don't know. Three year stretches getting you into the hall is like it's just tough for me. It, it's it's a little, and like I said, Edelman never really had that like dominant stretch, but I feel like it was always a consistent amount of yards catches. And then obviously the playoff numbers, but hey, we're not the ones that are voting on it. We're just talking about it, so we're going to find out in about uh, five years. Yeah. Well, and the other fun thing, going back to the Terrell Davis, real quick, I, I know his totals fell off, but the sub bitch averaged ninety-eight yards a game. Yeah, in- including the post cliff years. <laughs> That's Hall of Fame shit right there. He averaged. 98 yards a game hey, so yeah, on man. the ground. Yeah. You know, he had and that a, includes the years where postseason too. Right? I think about the postseason. That's yeah, post-season, he, yeah. He was great in the postseason too. He played in 78 games and averaged 98 yards a game. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a big part. I mean, that was also when running backs were definitely more heavily used. So I'll, I'll a little caveat there, but it's still, he, he's in the hall. He's in the hole. There's not. It's not like we're taking him out. So I'm just saying, there's, there's layers to it. I think that there's layers to it. But you know what? Well, we could sit on that all day. So I'll move it on. Uh, some to another thing that came out today actually is that the Broncos and the Seahawks are not going to have their voluntary workouts. Uh, I saw. I believe it was a statement from the Broncos 
uh, they, you know, COVID's still going on. So why would we put people, you know, in that situation? Uh, so we're just not going to have the workouts. CJ, you think that this is a thing? You think it's going to happen? Yeah, I think uh, I think I think other teams will follow end up end up following suit, man. I just feel like with everything still going on uh, with, with, with COVID and things of that nature, and then most teams, I mean, believe it or not, I mean they they work out on their own anyway. They'll they'll be ready. They'll be prepared to go, ready for the season. Uh, quarterbacks, I've already seen quarterbacks um, uh, grouping up with with their receivers, doing some doing some off season workouts down in, you know, Cali or Florida and things of that nature. So, um, and defense, I'm sure that those guys are doing the same thing on, on that end of the football. So, I mean, voluntary workouts, it's, they, they don't, they don't really, they don't really mean as much, man. Voluntary I mean, is a big word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just because it's, you know, collective bargains, collectively bargained. So they have to throw that in there. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't see it affecting, too much in terms of teams, and I think I think teams that most of these teams are actually going to do it as well. I don't really like it, just from the standpoint last year when the season was in trouble, and there was questions as to whether or not there was going to be a season and whether or not these guys were going to get a paycheck. The NFLPA and the vast majority of players were all pretty gung ho about let's have a season, let's make our money. And we're going to have a season this year. I don't think there's any doubt of that. And the guys are going to get paid. And they're like, eh, I don't think I want to do this voluntary thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just I – don't, I don't really like it. But like CJ said, I don't think it's really going to affect anything. You know, yeah, some other teams will probably do it, but there are still going to be guys doing their own thing. They're going to be in shape. We're going to have ourselves a season. They're going to be doing the online workout stuff, the same thing they did last year, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it, I guess it's kind of smart in a way that you know you just don't want to get, you don't want to go through a Broncos type of thing where you're playing your wide receiver at quarterback. And I know this obviously isn't happening the regular season; these are the off season, you know, voluntary workouts. And like I said, it's voluntary. That's a very very important work. Um, it's not like this is training camp. This isn't the OTAs and everything like that, where they're just like, hey, you know what? We still just don't feel like doing it. It is the voluntary workouts, you know, with if, if they didn't want to go, they don't have to. I mean, it's usually it's usually more of a voluntary thing. Like, you know, you should really go, you know, hit and hit, nudge, nudge. I'd really like you to be there type of thing. Right. Um, but I don't think it affects too much, you know. Shout out Sam because he liked when I said this last time, but uh my boy, me and Josh's boy, Troy Wingo, tweeted out that, you know, there weren't too many training camps and things like that, and it did not really affect football at all. I mean, there wasn't a preseason. Football still looked like football to me last season. So, I mean, I don't think it affects them too much. Like, I feel like we forget sometimes that they're they're professional athletes. Like, I, it's, I know it's a voluntary workout. You think that because they're not going to a voluntary workout, they're sitting on their couch eating a pint of ice cream and like and like playing cod or something. Like <laughs> that's not what's going on. They're still working out. They're still animals. They're they're still hitting the gym daily. Like it's not like this is you know me who when there's something voluntary I say okay thank you for not inviting me and uh, sit on my bed. Like 
they're they're in the gym. They're working on their craft. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a big deal. If teams are going to go away from it, go away from it. If you want to have your voluntary workout, see who shows up, go at it. I don't think it really is going to change the NFL season so much. And I think that's the thing that would scare anybody the most is if it changes the season. But I don't think any of us think it's going to do that. So yeah, who cares? Goodell's talking about you know stadiums being at full capacity. So he's. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They ain't worried about no NFL season. Yeah. The NFL made the Ravens play with the practice squad, made the Broncos play with the wide receiver at quarterback. I mean, made the Browns play <laughs> yeah, with yeah, no wide receivers. They're they're gonna chug right along. COVID, no COVID. I mean, if there was a tornado 15 miles from the stadium, I think if they can get the game in, they would. The NFL just thinks that they're the holy land and can do whatever they want. So they're going to chug yeah. right along. It's yeah, about, and it's about the money. I would just, I'd like to clarify just a little bit. I don't necessarily dislike the move. I just really dislike how the Broncos handled their press on it. Mm. Like, I, I would have liked it a lot better if the Broncos organization would have come out with a, like a joint statement with the players that said, after discussion with the players, we have decided out of abundance of caution, we are not going to hold the voluntary workouts. But for whatever reason, somebody had their hair up and didn't want to do that. So instead, we have these same players that were all gung-ho about let's make this happen last year, talking about how it's too dangerous to have a voluntary workout this year. That, that was the part I didn't like. I, I, I have no problem with not having the voluntary workouts. Like, whatever, do your thing. It's probably not, not a bad idea. I just didn't really like the press on it. Yeah. Wording, wording is a powerful thing. You know, some people, you are, you are something wrong, especially now. Might be a bye-bye for you. That's why I'm surprised we're still on the show this week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, last week was something. Last week was interesting. Last week, that was a show. That was a show. I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time to catch shit live, so I'm not in the comments as often as I would be ideally. Like if I didn't have a real job and whatnot, but I listened to all the podcasts and. I, I was losing my shit at work and people were looking at me funny because I got playing on my earbuds. <laughs> it was wild. We appreciate wild. any support. Check out that side, by the way. Available whenever, you know, just saying. Um, next up, this one annoys me. And if you're Sam Darnold, you got to be a little upset as well. So the Panthers came out today and basically said, oh, yeah, we're looking at a bunch of positions in the draft, quarterback included. Quarterback included, like that's a what did you say moment? Like, uh, like I don't know what's going on with that one, Gary. I'll pick you. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, um, am I allowed to go off on this show? I know I, when I'm I okay I, on the other show. I guessed it on. I was trying to be nice. So, what the fuck is this? Like, why are you going to trade away draft capital for Sam Darnold and draft a QB? Like, what are you? I want to thank you. Like, thank you to the Carolina organization. You're making my Bears look good. This is – like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you giving up draft picks for Darnold if you're going to draft a QB? Like, I I was in the chat. I'm sure you all saw me a week ago or whatever when the Darnold argument was going on about him versus Bridgewater. And I was fully convinced by not necessarily like this – like, I think – Teddy is bad or Darnold is better necessarily, but by the moves Carolina was making, 
It indicated to me that Darnold was the guy. They were going to put him in for a year, and he was either going to be good, and they roll with him, or he was going to be bad, and they have a top 10 pick next year, and they draft a QB. Like, that seemed to be the indication of where the organization wanted to go. And now you're talking about drafting a QB this year? I mean, sign up for the tank plan and bench CMC for a year so that you can be 2-16 and 16 if that's what you're going to do. Because, like, what's the point? You, you know, you draft a QB in the first round. Darnold's going to be out there looking over his shoulder, seeing Ghost again. <laughs> and you're not even going to give him a chance. And then you still got Bridgewater hanging out, and you're paying him $20 million. Or, you know, I'm not sure on the actual number, but you're paying him a shitload of money already. And now you got Darnold that you gave up draft capital for. And then you're going to go and draft a QB, too. And by a QB, I should say QB also. Because if they go out and draft a guy in the first round, if you're drafting a QB in the first round, most likely you are looking at him to start at some point in the season. Maybe not week one, but if you're drafting a QB in the first round, you're expecting him to be able to start or at least get significant playing time during his rookie season. So, like, why would you? You're just. I got a question for both of you. First one to answer gets a cookie. Which, what <laughs> team does this sound exactly like? The Bears. No. See that what you said? Eagles. You're damn right it does. <laughs> I mean, this is prime example of what the Eagles did. Carson Wentz, we love you. You were gonna be our you were gonna be the MVP. I know you got her and, and Nick Foles led us to that Super Bowl. We're still giving you that contract, but I'm just saying we got a we got a statue of Nick outside your stadium. I'm just saying, had to do it. Sorry, buddy. But you know what, Carson, it's fine. We got rid of Nick for you. We still love you, guy. You know what? But we're gonna go draft a quarterback in the second round too. Like, what are you doing? This is, you know, people, you know, they always say, if you don't pay attention to history, you're doing to repeat it or whatever the hell the actual saying is. This is exactly what they're doing. Like, you traded away draft capital for Sam Darnold. Listen, I'm not even the biggest fan of Sam Darnold, but if you're going to do it, you might as well give the kid a chance. Uh, and then that's that's like me picking CJ to be their co-host, and then somebody else comes on. I'm like, you know what? I really think you should join the show, too. Like, CJ's like, yo, what the hell? I thought you just, you know, said I was your guy. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if – and listen, here's the only situation that, that this makes sense in. Matt Rule went up to Sam Darnold was like, listen, calm down. I have to, you know, we're, we're going to try to trade our draft pick and we're going to try to, you know, finesse a team out of some more picks to try to get back what we gave up for you. So I'm going to go out there and say we're very interested in a quarterback – but really, we're not. So then somebody will trade up and be like, oh, I got to get ahead of Carolina, or I have to get Carolina's pick. That's the only way that this makes sense, because if they actually draft a quarterback, you messed everything up. Unless unless you actually think in this one, too, because apparently – and listen, I don't like college sports, so I couldn't really tell you, but I listen to people that are smarter than me, and this is what they say, that next year's quarterback draft isn't really the best. So unless they're – Unless they're planning on having Sam drafting a quarterback there in case Sam is terrible, they trade him again, and they have their quarterback there who's got to sit for a year and learn behind Sam Darnold, I guess. But 
that's those are the only two situations where it makes sense to me. And realistically, it's only one situation. I think the other one's stupid. Yeah, I think the last part that you said that they're trying to finesse and try to get a team to trade up. I think that's I think that's why they're doing it. I, I, because there's no other. That has to be the only logical reason why you can't trade for a guy last week and then the following week say you might get a quarterback. I think they're doing that. You know, maybe New England. Uh, Denver is right there at nine. Um, Washington is at 19. Chicago's at 20. You know, they have, they have obvious, they have some quarterback needs. So that could potentially, they, you know, they're just saying, you know, we're going to draft the quarterback and then these have these teams moving like, oh, look, we need, we need to maybe try to get up, get up in that top 10 and try to get our guy that we like because he may not be there by the time we're on the clock. So um, I think it's a, I think it was a, it's a, it's a smart move. By, by Carolina to throw that out there to get more picks, get some picks back, continue to build around, continue to build around Darnold, continue to improve that roster. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the first part. But I think, I don't think it's the first part that you guys are saying because if it is, then that's just this is functional. That's very dysfunctional. I don't, I don't see Matt Rule and um, and 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 the Carolina organization doing that. Play was good, brother. Uh, doing What's that. Up, hey? That would just be. Yeah, that that would that would be bad. I think they're just trying to throw it out there to try to get some of these teams um, to try to make a move and try to you know lose some picks, try to get some assets, and uh, and, and just improve that roster. But like like what you said about the college quarterbacks, I mean the, the experts they say that all the time. But did, did you see did you see Joe Burrow coming? Did you see Zach Wilson, Mac Jones? So it's like you know we say they say that every year and then you, you know, know you're right. Listen, like I, CJ, like I said, season happens and then it's like oh this is this guy is the, the next whoever. And like, <laughs> but you were saying Joe that Burrow last year. Next, yeah, that's, next that's what I'm saying. They, they said all the time. They say the quarterback class is weak and then the, then the full season comes about and then it's two or three guys that just pop on pop on the scene and it's on everybody's radar. So that's just I, that's just I, tough. You know, this isn't on our little rundown, but I have a question because I was watching something. And they said this, and I think it's interesting because I also think it's kind of true. You think the quarterback position is overdrafted now? Well, I mean, it's the most it's the most important position. I mean, it's it's. I don't think I don't know about overdrafted. I mean, I feel See, like here's here's my thing. I think it's overdrafted. And I think that this year is a good example. Like the season ends, it's uh, Trevor Lawrence. Everybody else is step below, and then you know Justin Fields was kind of there. Right now, all of a sudden, you know, there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in like the first four pick or five quarterbacks, four picks. Um, there's going to be four quarterbacks in the first four picks. Like, what happened? You're telling me pro days mean that much to you? Thrown against the air means that much to you? Teams have a short leash. Uh-huh. Well, and yeah, I I think a lot a lot of people, and I I'm hung up on Mitch. I'll, I'll admit that. So back to that bias into what I'm going to say, but you look at Mitch Trubisky's draft class, there was no one, absolutely no one, that had Mahomes on the board over Trubisky. That's facts. And you put Trubisky in Chicago <laughs> with a dysfunctional head coach that can't run an offense and they can't put weapons around him, and now he's back up in Buffalo. And you put Mahomes in Kansas City – where they sat him behind a veteran for a year so that he could learn and then paired him with Andy Reid and Eric. I'm going to space on his name right now because I'm not good with names. Oh, the off- right, right, right. Yeah, the offensive coordinator. 
and he is a superstar. And it's just, I mean, that's, I think situation plays into this a lot more than people want to admit. And as far as next year's draft class with QBs, I mean, I don't think there's a Trevor Lawrence out there. And I'm into college. I watch college football probably more than the NFL in all honesty, but I, I just, I don't think there's a Trevor Lawrence out there, but there's a Justin Fields and there's a Trey Lance and there is a Zach Wilson. And I mean, there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a once in a generation deal and he is what he is. You aren't going to get another T law. You aren't going to get a Trevor Lawrence every year, but those other four, Next year's version of them is playing right now. He 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 is signed and he is set See, up for a starting role. Right and that's now. that's my point. It's the fact that like before everything happened and Matt Jones like went crazy in GM's mind, like there were people talking about him getting like getting him in the second round. I think that's and a, I think that'd be a good spot for him. And he's gonna be the third pick. Like that's you really think San Francisco is going to go Jones? Yes, I, I think really they might. I think, I think uh, no, I think Mac Jones is a done deal. I think they go Fields. Uh, well, Fields. either way, he's going to get drafted in the first round, probably top ten, and he was supposed to be a second round pick originally. Like that's definition of overdrafting. Yeah, well, and I look at like the Jets situation too. I was. And I mean, granted, I'm just a guy that watches football on TV, but still, we all. <laughs> but still, like, I think they would have been better served keeping Darnold and trading back and getting offensive linemen and a defense. Oh, probably. than they are by than they're going to be by taking Zach Wilson at number two. I mean, yeah, the kid's good, but I think he's the next Trubisky. He's going to get put into a Jets offense. That isn't very good. They put all their draft capital into him. They aren't going to put support around him. And in five years, he's going to be back up in San Francisco. Or in four years, he's going to be back up in San Francisco or Atlanta or, you know, pick a spot. Because he didn't work out on the Jets. Or in four years, they're going to be talking about how he's the next Sam Darnold. Another guy that the Jets took big and busted when he didn't actually bust. The Jets just never gave him any support. Here, I, the yeah, one thing Zach Wilson just have to hope that Joe Douglas is, is not Ryan Pace. That's that's what they have to. Oh, well, it's got it's, it's, it's hard. Big, to, oh God, that's the big question. That's the big question right there. Can he? Here, here's how the many thing how too. many times in the last twenty years has a team that was in the top five in the draft drafted the franchise QB and won a Super Bowl in five years? Uh, now Russell was the fourth round. Zero. Yeah, probably zero. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, and, and that, Cam, that, Cam went one and they went there, but they didn't win. Yeah, Andrew Cam, was yeah, good, so, but they didn't win. Right, yeah, he just yeah, got to the championship game. It. Yeah, you could pick two out of however many guys, you know, I saw it on ESPN. ESPN tweeted out the other day. I can't remember how many, but you have – Two out of however many guys that got their team to the Super Bowl within five years of being drafted number one overall. Can you technic? Can you technically say Carson? He, I mean, he didn't win. Golf, golf, golf. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, I'll just win. Oh, okay. So then, because yeah, I didn't win the Super Bowl technically, but he's the reason the Eagles were there. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, and I, I think I think that's coming back to circling back to Connie's point over draft. I think there's a lot of these teams for whatever reason, whether it's fan driven, because I think there's a lot of fans that believe this too, that they think that they went two and fourteen and they are a quarterback away from being oh, a yeah. good team. And that's it's just not true. It's just it's that is not facts. I mean Listen listen to the draft this year when an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a linebacker gets drafted. Nobody will cheer that. You the minute you draft be. the minute you draft a tight end, a quarterback, a wide receiver, something a running back, immediate applause. You could you could tell them that you could take Ryan Leaf out of retirement and give him facial reconstruction surgery and draft him number one overall, and people be like, you know what? We got our guy. We got him. Like, that's how it is. And it's just not true. Like, you have to draft for need a lot of the time, and there's a lot of teams that have a lot of needs. And I, see, and here's, here's my other thing, and listen, I'm not an NFL GM. I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> the whole drafting the best available player thing to me also makes no sense. I'm sorry. Like this is like in the NBA, it makes sense to me because I feel like if you get that once in a generation talent, like a LeBron, something like that, you can automatically become good. Football, it doesn't make sense. The Falcons are going to end up drafting Kyle Pitts. I'm telling you right now, if they don't trade back, they're drafting Kyle Pitts. That is literally the last thing they need. But it's that's, he's that's the best available player point. at that point, so they're going to have Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Kyle Pitts, whoever the hell the running back is, I don't know if it'll be Gurley again, and then a defense that gives up 45 because you didn't draft anybody else. I think it's dicey. It's dicey. I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I I think the best player available mentality has to kick in like 12 to 15. Okay. Yeah. Because in the top 10, best player available is such a fluid deal like they're, they're you know you, you got the you still like especially top five you most likely still have one of the top two quarterbacks the top the top offensive lineman the top tight end the top receiver I mean which one of those guys is the best player available flip a coin right. but you get back to like 12 15 and then especially into the second half of the draft and into the second round that best player available approach makes a lot more sense because maybe your number one need is that receiver, but the, you know, the top five receivers are off the board and the number one cornerback is still there. You can take the number one cornerback and still probably get one of those top five receivers in the second round. So I don't think it makes sense for the top 10, maybe even the top 15, but when you get, especially you get into the back half of the first round and later in the draft, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah, I think – I mean, like I said, I am not a GM, so what do I really know? But I don't know. I think the whole best available player thing is stupid to me. I need an explanation on it, okay? So, listen, I need an NFL GM to call your boy up and say, listen, like the, like the Cowboys too, they're they're very interested in trading up to get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like for what? For what? Yeah, I don't get that one. I don't get that one. No, I, I don't think you need to trade up for Pitts. And I I honestly, like, I don't understand San Francisco trading <laughs> up. I don't understand anybody trading up. And, yeah, shout out Michael in the comments there. 
love you, man. Last time I'm on your show, but <laughs> thank God, Mike, you finally did it. <laughs> but uh, it's hilarious, man. I don't really think that there's anybody out there that's worth the capital you have to give up to trade into the top five outside of Trevor Lawrence. And the Jags aren't giving you the spot to get Trevor Lawrence. So what do you think the Jags would need to trade that pick? Nothing, man. I, I don't think there's a price tag. I think there is. I think if you gave them like four firsts, they'd be like, all right, you're kind of forced our hand here. I. I don't think it would work now, but I think like the only trade that might have worked earlier in the year would have been like Deshaun Watson and a couple first rounders. Because well, you're going to have to give them a good. Next thing you know, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson suiting up for the Jags. Yeah, or if Seattle wants to, I mean, I think Seattle could. Yeah, you could probably give them Russell Wilson and like three first rounders and get that spot if you wanted to, but. It's good. It'd be a steep tag. Yeah, it'd be a steep and tag. It, and it'd have to be a quarterback, which automatically limits the teams that can do it. Because, I mean, obviously you aren't trading all Andy Dalton. And hey, CJ, CJ, you think we can get Cam out of here for that first pick? No. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what Cam does, like whether or not oh, Belichick yeah, turns him loose. Because he, he was obviously playing – I really think he was playing a limited playbook. For sure, 100%. 100%. I, I, I really think that Belichick just told him, look, man, it's going to be a rough season. This is what we're going to do. It's not going to look good, but just tough it out. we got to get through this season. And that's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> it looked just like that. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, all I know is if Cam's bad, that career, goodbye. Yeah, I mean – Got him on a one-year. Got him on a one-year deal, so it's not. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it. I think I still think he's got stuff in the tank. But you even look at like what he said in some of his post-game conferences. I think one of the like most telling quotes was, "I'm just going out there and doing what I'm told to do." That just screams to me that he's following a playbook. Cam runs for 15 touchdowns this year, Michael. I don't. I don't doubt it because that's the only thing he did last year. He had like six passing touchdowns. Hey, I'll take I'll take twenty passing and fifteen rushing. I'll take that. Even I, I would take that. I would take that. And I don't even I, like that. I, I doubt he gets eight this year, bro. I, I'm. I <laughs> oh, all right over under fifteen passing touchdowns for Cam. Well, I'm going over. I'm going over. I take the under. Nah, I take the under too. Oh. I I I really think Cam's going to go out there and Belichick's going to build an offense around him, and he's going to average like nine yards of completion. So you think so you think Henry and Smith combine for like six touchdowns next year? That's what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't oh, believe in that. Well, I think I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be a lot of like first and goal at the eight and just pound it in. That's yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That's fine. And I and I, I just think I think I, I really think that can I can see Belichick drawing up an offense where the longest pass Cam has all year is like 25 yards in the air, if that. Bro, power power goal line offense is going to be Cam Newton, Damian Harris, Hunter Henry, uh, John New, all blocking and a QB power up the middle. That's what goal line offense is, guaranteed. All for it. Play action, got 
John or Henry. Money. Dude, did did you guys watch Iowa play in 2019 by chance? Not a single one. I I figured you did, but, y'all, anytime, like third and one, second and one, fourth and one, didn't matter. Two backs, quarterback up the middle. They ran that motherfucking play three times in a row on a second and one. And they gained two yards every freaking time. Listen, and this they is just, my only they went out there and ran it again. Like this, and it's like if you, my only saving grace. If you can put if you can put like seven guys going up the middle with the QB behind them, it's unstoppable. Like there, you just you can't. BB You're going to those, get two or three yards every time. BB with those twin tight ends, watch out! Listen, Michael, <laughs> that's my that's my hope. That's my hope. All right, but let's get into this next thing because yeah. we're already at an hour and we haven't even gotten into the main course. <laughs> so this will maybe we'll do it a little faster than I than I hoped. We're gonna break down some divisions. Me and CJ decided to do this. So we're gonna go through each division, you know, eventually, grow through all the teams and everything like that. Kind of like what me and Michael did over there on the baseball side where we did our nice little 30 and 15 where we broke down all the MLB teams in the 15 weeks leading up to the season. So me and CJ will do that, and you know, we'll, we'll see what, what people think during it as well. We're starting off with the AFC North, a fun division. I'm, you know what, CJ, I'm glad you picked this one because I, I, you know, I was like, CJ asked me, which one do you want to do? I said, you know what, I believe in you. I'm a big believer in my guy, CJ, big believer. <laughs> so we're starting off with the AFC North, and we're going to start with the Browns, and we'll just – I'll run down the list of questions and then, you know, maybe get your guys' thoughts on, on a couple of them and then, you know, move on to the next team. Does that sound fair? Oh, good. All righty. So just a quick little reaction to last season. You think Baker improves? You know, is he on MVP watch? Possibly, hopefully. Uh, OBJ, are we are we in or are we out? Mm. And then Clowney, I there's some thoughts. There's some thoughts that Clowney is on his way. And then we'll we'll go on to the next questions after after you guys answer those. But Gary, let me start with you. Okay, so I, I got I gotta review the list because I'm bad at short-term memory. Uh, react solid season. The Browns showed up last season, and I think they're going to be they're no longer the laughing stock of the NFL. And I don't know. Yeah, and I don't see that changing. They're going to be around. Uh, the problem is in the AFC North, I think everybody's going to be around. So <laughs> you do have that to contend with. And Baker at MVP level, I just I don't know if he's an MVP quarterback. I, I don't even know if they're going to even try to give him an MVP season. And this comes into another thing that kind of – irks me when people say it game manager quarterbacks are underrated guys that can make good decisions complete the passes that they have to and just make the offense work and i think baker is probably one of the best at that or at least has the potential to be so give him some good receivers give him a good running game and just send him out there to run the offense and make good decisions and like I said, I don't think that results in an MVP year because you're going to have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes out there and Deshaun Watson possibly, Russell Wilson, and you're going to have all these really these quarterbacks that are just going to sling. And I don't think that's what Baker's going to do. So I don't see him doing an MVP. 
Uh, they get Clooney in there. That definitely addresses a definite need for them because you got to have defense. I mean, defense defense wins championships. Tampa did it last year. So I don't care how good your QB is. I don't care how good your offense is. Defense will win you championships. So that's going to definitely address a need. And in the draft, oh, let's see, where are they even at? 26. 26, yeah. Yeah, I'd be looking at maybe picking up offensive line. Uh, a guy to watch, and this might not necessarily be a first-round pick. I think you'd probably definitely pick him up in the second and maybe the third. But uh, And this is definitely a homer pick, full disclosure. But Alaric Jackson, tackle out of Iowa. Three-year started starter, number one rated offensive lineman in the Big Ten last year, and a lot of a lot of boards have him going in the third or the fourth. Like that guy, I I can't believe he's not going in the first. He'd be a steal anything outside of the first. So that'd be a good pickup on the offensive line side. I'm actually hoping the Bears pick him up because Ryan Pace seems to be really good on that two through six round picks. So, but. There'd be a lot of linemen out there, get a little bit more protection. I think they have the offensive weapons they need. I mean, maybe look at a tight end. But all in all, I think they're going to be a very, very solid team. They're going to be contending for the division title. The problem is they're in a really tough division. Uh, you got record at the end there. Oh, yeah, record prediction, uh, yeah. Yeah, I – Put them right around like between 10 and 12 wins just because they're in a really tough division. I think like 11 wins could easily take that division. But I think they're going to be in that group of guys. Oh, and we're 17 games now. So I'm going to bump that to 11. I'm going to bump it to 11. I'm going to say 11 wins. And they're going to be in that 11 or 12 wins. They're going to be right in that group of teams. I really think you can see this division ending like, 12 and 5, 11 and 6, 10 and 7. Like the top three teams. Or even like 12 and 5 and 11 and 6 and 11 and 6. So I don't I don't know about division championship. A lot of that's going to depend on luck and catching the bounce of the football because the division is going to be that close. By the way, the 17 game schedule really makes records so ugly. Terrible. We're gonna we'll get used to it. We'll get used to it. So ugly. Like there's no more eight and eight. You're either nine and eight or eight and oh, it makes me feel sick. Makes well, me that sick. that that's why the Bears voted for it. You can't go eight and eight in a seventeen. No, that's season. definitely why the did the Cowboys vote for it. <laughs> I'm sure they. I think no, it, I, they had they had to have because that's the only. I mean, yeah, they, they can't go eight. eight yeah, for everything. <laughs> so, <sighs> CJ, what you think? Cleveland last year, uh, I think they, they did what they did last year is what most people expected they were going to do the year before. Um, Stefanski had a phenomenal season, coach of the year. Uh, I, I agree with Garrett. Garrett said, I think this is the first season for Baker where he has some type of structure around him. First, first few seasons, Hugh Jackson and Tyrod Taylor situation, and then they brought in Freddie Kitchens, zero coaching experience. Uh, it's just dysfunctional um, for for number one overall pick. They brought in Stefanski, um, run run power, run game, you know, just needed Baker to not, you know, need, didn't need him to do everything, make decisive plays, um, play action, move around the pocket, do, do things like that. 
I think as he becomes more comfortable with the offense, he could potentially start being start having those type of MVP type numbers. I think maybe not next year, but maybe the year after, maybe in that year three in that offense, really opening up the playbook, understanding everything. Um, with the weapons that they do have, I think it's very possible that he could. Uh, but he still has to work on his decision making. Uh, there was that. There were times we, you know, had a lot of interceptions. The, the second half of the season, he definitely cleaned cleaned it up in terms of the turnovers. Didn't turn the ball over a lot, and that's ultimately what led to him um, getting into the playoffs uh, last season. So, I think in due in due time, in due time, Baker could potentially be in that conversation. I don't think it'll be. It'll, I don't think it'll be this year, but. It's, I mean, they, they have they have they have a high powered offense. They have two excellent running backs, and then Hunt and Chubb. Um, they got Odell and, and and Landry, two 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 great two great guys on the outside. Austin Hooper, Najoku still there at the tight end position. So, um, it's 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 there for the taking, man. It's there for the taking to, for him to have some good stats. Odell's future in Cleveland. I, I mean, just this is like a prover year for him, honestly. Uh, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, you know, he's had, he had so much success early in his career in New York. Um, but, you know, he's battled with some injuries. Um, this one being, you know, the, the most significant one with the ACL. Uh, he needs to show that one. He could play a full 17. <laughs> and uh, and he's, you know, and he has to step up in the playoffs. I mean, everybody that if, if, if they do make the playoffs, he has to be reliable. One of those guys that Baker can trust and make big time plays. No boat trips. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has, he has, to, he has to erase that. Uh, Yes, that race that that narrative and that, that story from from him in the playoffs. He has to step up big time. Um, if the opportunity presents itself for Cleveland, uh, I think he's still a, a talented wide receiver. I'm pretty sure he has a, a big big chip on his shoulder now. Um, with him having to overcome you know this this obstacle, so I think I think he's gonna have a bounce back season. It's just a big question is in this the media they're always gonna talk about is Baker gonna you know look at Odell too much and force the ball to him, which creates turnovers and things like that. I just think Baker just needs to play his game. And, and um, I think, I think Odell just at this point, just if, it, if it's winning then that's it. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, he's going to make, he played well last year. I mean, before he got hurt, he was playing, he was playing solid football. Uh, he was looking like, you know, he was on his way to being what he was the year before he got hurt with the ankle. So, um, I, I, I could see I could see him having a having a solid season, nothing nothing crazy, and then uh, I meant to I meant to I said clown, I meant to say put Clowney. That was a typo, but yeah, I think Clowney, <laughs> I think uh, Clowney and Garrett that could be. I thought they were signing George Clooney, honestly. Nah, nah, was, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Apple, man. But uh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I knew who you were talking about. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Catch that you misspelled the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my bad. That's on me. But um, <laughs> but I think. I think everything, you know, they wanted to pick him up last year. They wanted to sign him for three years, 56 last year. He turned it down and took the took the one year in, in t- uh, Tennessee. Crazy, crazy. Regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He missed out on, he missed out on a lot of guaranteed dollars. So um, bringing, bringing him in would be, would be great. You know, he could use kind of similar. He could kind of have a similar role to what he was when he was in Houston with, with J.J. Watt there. Uh, it doesn't have to be the primary pass rusher. He can you know, continue to stop the run, be athletic, set the edge, um, still still make some some big tackles on, in, in the run game, get some tackles for loss. So uh, I think I think that'd be a good pickup. Draft need, I do agree with Garrett. They have to work to fix up that O line. Got to protect Baker. Um, that's that's key. That's something that they struggled with two years ago. Baker was just running all over the field, and he just just could, didn't have enough time to make plays, which led to the interceptions. 
So if they're able to clean up that O-line and, and get him standing upright, and also that would also improve the run game, which which they you know which what that's their that's their primary part of their offense. Record prediction, uh, division title record prediction. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean they they're gonna have to be able to beat the Steelers. And you know they had that Monday night game against against the Ravens. That was a great game, but they felt they came up short. They're gonna have to be able to beat those two teams in order to uh, in order to have a chance to, to to get a division title. They have the team to do it. It's just gonna be that's just gonna be consistency. They have to be consistent in those games. Those are gonna be key. Those are like playoff games. Those division games are like playoff games in that division. So um, if they if they could turn the tide and, and and make make those teams respect them, like yo, we're here. Like you know, go go two go two and zero oh against against the Ravens or or the Steelers. That that, that would be big for their, their confidence uh, going forward. They're still a really young team, so I think they have a shot to do some things to have success moving forward. You, what you think? Did you wait? Did you say oh, the record? Uh, yeah, I could see. I could see. Uh, I could see eleven and six. I could see that. I could see eleven and six. It's not going to be. I don't. I don't see. I mean, the Steelers they were eleven and zero, and then but you know the Ravens were right there, and the Browns were right there last year. So it wasn't like you know they were head and shoulders above you know those two teams. So yeah, I could see eleven and six. Uh, maybe a wild card again, um, and get a get get home field maybe this time. And and you know have have those fans have those fans rocking, I think I think that'd be I think that'd be good for them. Yeah, uh, I mean last season it was like you said, CJ. I think it was a great point. It was what we wanted in the first season. Uh, I know I jumped aboard the hype train right away when they traded for Odell. They had Jarvis too. I was like, oh yeah, playoffs immediately. And then Freddie Kitchens came in and no coaching experience, and it was just a mess. So obviously it wasn't. Yeah, I respect you for drinking out the jug, by the way. Oh, you already know, bro. I, I respect that. What, 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 what we got? That's I need to know, too, though. What do we have? Oh, no, it's just water, bro. It's water? Not, yeah, bro, come on, come on. No, no, no. I didn't know if we were talking like some lemonade, you know. Oh, nah, nah. It, nah, just water, brother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, hydration is key, they do say. Okay. <laughs> I respect the choice. I'm drinking Iowa water, so. <laughs> he said, yeah. Shout out Matt. He said, water. Shout out, Matt. Shout out, Matt, man. Shout out Always in the chats. Um, but yeah, it was it was what we expected. Uh, it finally came full circle. Uh, probably should have beat the Chiefs in that playoff game. I still really can't yeah. believe that they didn't, especially when Mahomes went out. I thought it was kind of like a a short thing until I can't bro, I can't even remember the quarterback's name. Who came in for Mahomes? Chad Henney. Yeah, Chad yeah, Henney turned into. Chad Henney turned into Steve Young and ran for the first down, and it was wow. oh my, what a mess, what a mess. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fun season, uh, you know. Baker, the MVP thing, I don't think that's ever going to be in the cars for him. Um, like we said, he's a game manager, and people put that as like a bad thing, and I think Garrett's right on that. It's not like you can make a very strong argument minimum the first two Super Bowls Brady was a game manager that's what so, he, so in that the defense has to be dominant and that leads me to the next thing you get clowny right Clowney's I don't, know, not, I don't right. know how your defense isn't dominant like don't get me wrong Clowney never turned into the first pick we wanted him to be he never became that player I think it's too late for him to become that player but we saw when he was in Houston you put him opposite JJ Wild when he still had something something in the tank he was kind of a problem. You're putting him next to Miles Garrett, who you can make the argument is the best edge rusher in the NFL. 
And what is what are you gonna do? Double team Miles Garrett? Listen, Clowney didn't turn into that first pick. I still like my chances with Clowney in a one-on-one situation against a lot of people. What are you gonna do? Double Clowney and leave Garrett one-on-one? Have fun. You be my guest. Um, so I think that they should go after Clowney. I think it's smart. Here's my other thing. Is there such thing as too much pass rush? No. It's a very simple answer. You saw it with the Bucks. You had JPP, Shaq Barrett, uh, Vita Vea, Ndamukong Sue. I mean, there's no such thing as too much pass rush. There's, it's just not a thing. So you go out and get Clowney, and you know what? I kind of like what Matt said here too. If the Browns get Clowney, they can beat the Chiefs. Why not? They really almost did it. And and my thing with OBJ that's, is that's bold. That's bold. See, and my thing with OBJ is I don't think he makes it through. Any given Sunday, homie. Any given Sunday. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. I don't think OBJ makes it through the year. And I don't mean like an injury-wise. I think by trade deadline he's gone. I don't think it's going to happen before the draft or during the draft. I don't – but I think especially if you see the Browns draft a wide receiver that he's gone. And I don't necessarily think it's OBJ's fault. I think it's more of Baker's fault or the fact that OBJ gets into the game and Baker's like, oh, my God, that's Odell Beckham Jr. I have to throw him the ball. And, like, it actually does happen. Like, it's not like just some myth that he plays bad when OBJ's there. Like, he actually does. He forces the ball to him because he's scared he's going to go off. And the Browns have just played better when OBJ isn't in the lineup. Like, I think he just – that. He has to just make the right read. That's but he it. doesn't when, o, when Odell's there, and that's his problem. So we, saw, we saw when Odell got hurt this year. All of a right. sudden, the Browns are in the you know divisional round. Probably should have beat the Chiefs. Like but he was playing well, though he was playing well before he got hurt. It wasn't. I think. I think coaching. Coaching matters. Coaching matters. He oh needed, yeah. He needed. He needed the coaching to tell him. Look, yeah, Odell. Yep. Yeah, you know, is he open for a high percentage of, of, of snaps? Yes. Is that always the right throw? No. If you make the right read, the right throw, then uh, the right you know check audible. Then yeah, then those those passes to Odell will definitely be open. If he starts to understand that as a quarterback, then Odell will get his big plays. He'll get those yak plays where he could take you know 10, 10 yard ends and take it seventy. He could do those things like that. Yes, and just focus on making the right reads. Um, yeah, and like I said, I think it's I think it's more of a Baker problem than Odell. But I just think yeah, I I think even through the coaching and all that, I don't know. I just feel like Odell. Doesn't make it through the year. Would I mind it if he did? No, because I think that team would just be even better. You know, you have the two-headed monster running back, and now you have a two-headed monster at wide receiver with with Jarvis Landry and Odell. Like that, the Browns are going to be a tough team to beat. You know, no matter what. Uh, in the draft, I think I think me and CJ, CJ correct me if I'm wrong. I think we had them taking a, a defensive lineman when we did the mock draft. Um, yeah, I think which. So. Yeah. Is another thing if they don't get clowny that I don't mind them doing. Like their offensive line isn't terrible. Uh, I think the Browns are a team that's definition drafting because you have to. Like if you look at the Browns, there really aren't positions of need. Uh, their cornerbacks are kind of set. They went that route through the draft. Their line is obviously stay. set. Yeah, they got to stay um, healthy in that secondary. Yeah. For sure. yeah, their wide receivers are set. Quarterback, running back, like. You're dra- like they're they're the Bucks without a Super Bowl and Tom Brady because they're kind of stacked at every position. They just didn't put it together yet, and mm-hmm. that's I, I blame that more on Cleveland being a bad organization for the longest time because I mean you brought in Freddie Kitchens, bro. Like 
Come on. <laughs> you, you put in, you got Kevin Stefanski, and all of a sudden you're neck and neck with the Chiefs. So, and then as far as it comes with the record and, and winning the division title, I think I'm higher on them than you guys are. Uh, I'm thinking a nice 13 and four. Uh, okay. And here's the thing I think. I think that two of those losses will be in the division. Uh, you know, probably one to the Ravens, probably one to the Steelers. I still think they can beat the Bengals, even though I think that they're going to be competitive too. And then I think one game they'll probably lose one that they shouldn't. Uh, and then another game they'll probably lose one that they should. You know, so yeah. if, they're, if they're going 13 and four, then you, you can't expect Baker to just be a game manager. Oh, yes, you can. Because I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to rush for oh, okay, okay. 50 uh, a game. All right, okay. All right, cool. All right. I, well, no, all right, I'm saying yeah. if, if that's – if, if yeah, here's my other problem. I think Baker's going to be a game manager without game manager numbers because of the people he has. Like, that's very fair. He can be a game manager, but yeah, he's going to have a game where he throws 350 and four touchdowns because they've run the ball six times and gotten right. tw- you know 20 yards and then – the defense comes in and then he says, Oh, look, Odell's over there. Let me go, you know, 80 yards deep to Odell. Like it's, it's that kind of a situation. So I think I, and here's my other thing too. I don't think he'll end up being the one getting credit if he does go off this year, which isn't fair to him. Of course he will. No, I don't. There's media. media. That's what I'm saying though. That's why. Listen, I'll give him credit. I I love Baker and I wish that he would be. The media hates all quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. The media hates a quarterback with a personality. Look at the quarterbacks that we like. Brady, Russell Wilson, uh, everybody loved Andrew Luck. It's all quarterbacks that are like, oh, hi, guys, how are you? And then Aaron – I mean, I, Aaron Rodgers annoys me because people think he's better than Brady. But, like, people don't like him because he's arrogant sometimes. Uh, people don't like Baker because he's, you know, the, all the stuff he did in college, this, that, and the third, like – People don't like Cam because he's that's so just That's just coward, man. No, there's just people, no, no, no. There's people that don't like Baker. And then, but he's, Cowherd he's, is the leader of the pack. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's Uno. He's the real Uno on that list, no doubt about it. He started. He really started all of that. Bro, honestly. the minute he saw him grab his stuff during that game, he's like, "Ah, Baker Mayfield is a backward hat kind of guy." I mean, hey, man, I, I like, I like his, I like his personality. Oh, He's a baller. He's a baller, man. My least favorite, and as somebody who wants to go into media and things like that, my least favorite question is, are you the best player? And then they answer yes, and they're like, oh, he's taking shots at people. (laughs) Ask me if I'm the best host right now. Are you the best host? You're goddamn right I am. (laughs) Fuck you. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid-ass question is that. Are you the best? I would hope you have the confidence to say that you're the best. I don't give a shit if I'm the worst person at doing whatever I am. You gotta have the confidence to think that you're the the best. It's the media, though. It's it's the it's that it's that ebb and flow. Well, listen, don't you worry, CJ. When I break into the media and have my own shows and things like that, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna be like, yo, listen, are you the best? And if they say yes, I'm gonna be like, you're goddamn right, you are. And if they say no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, listen, stop being a little, you know, media guy and just say yes. Like DeAndre Hopkins, when the guy said, you know, you're one of the best in the league, and goes, I know. Like energy. That's energy. Give me that energy. As long as you set it up. It's good. Like, oh. 
listen, even if you don't back it up, I'm a big fan of, of strutting your stuff, bro. Like, I'm in the damn NFL. I'm better than you. I'm sorry. You're in the media asking me the question. You ain't make it here. Hey, I'm with you. So, uh, listen, maybe that's just me on my uh, – <laughs> My high horse. So, so I'm just a, saying. Some little rant right there, right? I'm just, I, I think it's <laughs> stupid. I think it's dumb. Like, oh, are you good at this? Yeah, let me say no. I'm the worst person here. Like, what kind of dumb question is that? Are you a good wide receiver? Nah, let me name the people that are better than me. And then if I say yes, I'm, oh, he's taking shots. No, I'm yeah. not. Got to fill up the cycle, man. Got to fill up the new cycle, bro. That's yeah. You're not wrong. You're Sorry, I'm bouncing. The Cubs are in a high, le- just got out of a high leverage situation. So, oh, don't worry. I've been looking at the TV every once in a while because you know Yankees just love wasting opportunities. Big fan of wasting opportunities. All right, how about the Bengals? Seriously. You know that was my question, CJ. Now I love this idea, but we're at the you know the hour twenty four mark. You think we you think we spread this out a little bit more? You still want to go over the rest of these teams? Uh, but yeah, we could we could uh we could we could, we could stop at Cincy and then uh yeah and then do the and then do the next few yeah I like that week, you know if he's, if he's available we could bring yeah Garrett you want you're all, listen everybody's welcome yeah well, I, I'm not gonna make any promises but I will definitely uh, try to be available next week all right. yeah, you know I like that you know maybe maybe CJ we break down you know one or two teams a week three three max and then you know we can space it out we cut our coverage off at the draft. And then come back to it. That's yeah. live game planning, people. That's, that is live game planning. So you know what, CJ? I'm sorry to say, but uh, my phone's dead, which is where uh, I have the game plan. So I'm going to need you to take over the duties right now. All right, no problem. All right, I'll start with uh, I'll start with you, Connie. Go on, talking about Cincy, reactions to to the Bengals last year. Um, obviously. Drafting Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. A lot of expectations that he would play well, and maybe not necessarily the team. Obviously, they still had to, still had a lot of work to do in terms of the roster. Uh, just talk, just talk about your reaction to the season. Uh, Burrow's health uh, going forward. They, they just uh, lost uh, Giovanni Bernard to free agency as well. Good scat back there for years. Made big time plays, catching catching balls, uh, catching balls at the backfield. Uh, how do you see T. Higgins having it? You see him having a breakout season now. AJ Green is, is on the Cardinals, and they they signed the Wuzier from from the uh, Cowboys, and they picked up uh, Ogan Joby from Cleveland to improve that defense. So, uh, what do you, what's your what's your thoughts on the defense? And then I'll break those last three questions uh, after you answer those. Yeah. So there was a lot of expectations, obviously, coming out of the draft for Burrow. I think in a way unfair, like, you know, watching the media, stuff like that, you're like, oh, he's going to like, all of a sudden he went from not being numb to I am hearing in the media that he's the next Tom Brady, things like that. I hate, I know we have to compare players because that's what we're supposed to do. But like, can we calm down on like, you know, this player right out of college is going to be Joe Montana and Tom Brady and like, can they take a snap first? Because like, now all of a sudden they get drafted, they throw an interception in their first game, and you got people the next week calling up, yo, we made the wrong pick, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's how I feel about the Kyle Pitts. Like, you know, they're, I mean, just just let, let's just see, bro. I mean, everybody's like he's, you know. Yeah. It's – I don't know. 
we, we're, we might just have to hold, do a whole media episode. <laughs> but, I'm in on that. <laughs> I don't but, give a fuck. I'll make that one work. <laughs> I'm saying the media, bro. What a time we live in. But um, yeah, I liked what I saw out of Burrow. I, I don't think that it was anything. I think he was very good, honestly. I really do. Like, I think that they made a, a correct pick. We you obviously have to keep healthy, and I mean, this wasn't technically like you know what something you asked me, but I'm telling you right now, if the if the Bengals draft anything but an offensive lineman, the GM should go to prison. <laughs> Attempted manslaughter immediately. Go to prison. Take him away live on camera, because me and Josh, as a joke used to pray for Joe Burrow every week on the show before games and then be like, oh, we hope – we're going to pick against the Bengals, but we'll also pray that Joe Burrow makes that healthy. And one week he finally didn't. Uh, goes down with that injury. And listen, before that he was playing well. Like he was having a good rookie season. Uh, I think he got overshadowed a little bit because I think everybody was wrong about Justin Herbert. Like as soon as he started playing, like the the uh, Burrow and Tua hype went away because everybody was like – Whoa, we got that one super wrong. So shout that's out not, to doctors stabbing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Word. Justin Herbert might have slipped him a 20 and said, listen, go a little further than you were supposed to. Crazy but, um, way to start the league. What not? What a way to make your career because you got your teammate got a punctured lung. But hey, by the way, it's two hours before game time and we need you to start. Can you imagine that? It just like, falls out. Just, just, yo, just make out. your NFL start real quick. We need you, buddy. Like, oh, okay, I heard you. But, <laughs> yeah, I thought, and, you know, this is a good question for Matt, too. Burrow winning comeback player of the year? I mean, hey, yeah, if, he balls out, if he balls out, why not? I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of other candidates. I'm sure well, that there are. Alex well, Smith, if he plays a snap. Yeah, but he won it already. I I don't give a shit. The guy, <laughs> the guy gets it no, every listen, year. He plays a snap well, going forward. Came in after him, so you don't got to argue with me too much. But you say Saquon, Odell. Oh, Saquon, you're right. Saquon. Okay, yeah. I forgot about him. I don't know how I forgot about him. He's my first pick in my fantasy dynasty draft. You know, messed that Jeez. one up. Yeah, you messed that messed up that one a little bit. But um. Yeah, I think Burrow played well. Uh, they, like you said, they stirred up the defensive line a little bit with those with those two players coming over in free agency. That's another thing that they got to focus on because they were just terrible on defense. Like they're kind of the opposite of the Browns, the team we just talked about. Like they have needs besides wide receiver and and quarterback now, obviously. And I mean, I guess I'll say running back, even though I'm not the biggest Mixon guy. They basically need everything else. So, I mean, there's not really a, a, a bad spot to go in the draft except, you know, the first pick has to be a, you know, tackle or something like that. Just saying. But I think I think that they're going to – I think they're going to make an improvement. Like, I really do. Like, I think they're going to be like that's a borderline playoff team because I know it sounds weird, but, like, every year there's two teams – that were bad the year before and are good the next year and make the playoffs. Like, it happens every year. Not like me saying that. Like, if you look it up, it happens. And I think that that's a candidate. I think the 49ers are the candidate in the NFC because they're getting all their injured players back. And, I mean, we saw what the defense did, you know, the year before. So why not them too? But 
And then, you know, the other player you brought up in, in T. Higgins, if he's going to go off, I, I believe it was T. Higgins, right? Uh, if he if he's going to play better now that Green's gone, absolutely. Uh, I think that he was better than Green last year, but I think to start the season, they probably had to give the respect to A.J. Green and, you know, see if what he still had left in the tank. But I think I think I really do think the Bengals are going to surprise some people this year. I think, you know, they draft a, a, a corner piece lineman. They fix up the defense a little bit with the rest of their draft picks. Higgins plays like the wide receiver we saw him play last year, and Burrow continues to play as he did. I don't see why they can't sneak in or, or be at least competitive, more competitive than they've been in years past. All right, so that's me. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got a whole list here. Uh, I was really impressed by Joe Burrow, and I think he's going to have another solid year coming back. I am not really concerned about his health, and shout out, Matt. Yes, I know. We all know that you are still angry about the Packers draft pick last Hey, guys, year. did you know that the Packers drafted a quarterback? <laughs> Hopefully they draft another one this year. I'd love I to see would it. Just pay, to watch Matt. I would pay at <laughs> least $1,000 to put a camera in Matt's room if the Packers drafted a quarterback and see what his reaction was. Oh, dude. Oh, uh, <laughs> that oh, would break the internet. The hard count awesome. live. The hard count live draft uh, show. <laughs> there we go. I mean, listen. Yeah. But yeah, back to the Bengals. I think yeah. they had a pretty solid. I mean, they did all right. Uh, they obviously have some holes other than quarterback, but Joe Burrow was leading the rookie of the year charge. <laughs> yeah, we know Matt. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, until he got hurt. So definitely very impressed by him. Uh, Higgins is definitely going to have a much better year. I mean, obviously, getting moved up to wide receiver one, just going to have a lot more opportunities. I think he'll take advantage of them. Do you think he moves uh, over top of the board? I think so. I think really? so. Okay. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think Boyd's. Very good as well. So hey, listen, you yeah. have one A one B situation too. Well, yeah, exactly. So that, that's why I feel comfortable. I mean, I'll go out on a limb and say Higgins is wide receiver one, but like you said, it's literally one A one B. So, so there you go. And I think that offense is going to click. Uh, as far as the draft goes, you definitely have to go offensive line. Maybe even the first two rounds. You, you need to get some protection in there for Burrow uh, first and foremost. Uh, defense. With the ads they had, uh, Awuzi, I'm gonna Ogan Joby. Am I? I I'm yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got okay. it. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was saying that right, but yeah, that that's definitely going to help the defense, and they'll be okay. Uh, Zach Taylor on the hot seat. I don't think so. I think he's got time to work, but. The biggest thing with them is I think they have to accept the fact that they are going to go two and four in division games and end up eight, you know, seven or eight win team this year, which is going to be an improvement. But I just, I don't think they're going to be able to improve enough to even get to 500 in this division, which I mean, that makes it really hard to get to a nine or 10 win deal. I mean, I, I might even be generous at two and six, or sorry, two and four in the division because I could easily see them getting swept in the division. 
possible. But I, I'm going to give them credit because I got some faith in Joey B. And I think they'll pick up a couple of the home games. But I just I don't I don't think they're going to be a playoff team more so because of the division they play in than the talent. But they're going to be much improved. They're going to be moving in the right direction. You just you got to go. You got to get some offensive line help for Joey B. Get some, just go out there execute. And you're going to be right around 500. And then you head into the draft, you're going to be around that, like, 20 mark. And, yes, Matt, that, that's very true. If the Bengals win less than five games, he's probably going to have to get fired. But I don't think I don't think anybody's projecting them to do that. That's why I don't really think he's on the hot seat. If for some reason he shits the bed and they end up another, like, three or four win season, then, yeah, his seat is really, really hot. But. As it stands, I think they're going to be right around 500 because they're playing in a really tough division. And they're just going to have to build on that again. And I would almost look at 2022 for them to be looking at that playoffs, looking at getting into the playoffs. I just I don't see it for next year. And I, I don't want people to take this as I'm knocking the team because they, they have a lot of talent. But they got to get some rookies in there on the offensive line. And I, I like, I would love to see him get Sewell, Panay Sewell. That'd be Sewell or Sewell, Sewell. Yeah. Sorry, I told you I'm bad with pronunciation. Oh, I, said, I what, what was oh when we when me and Caleb were doing the we're doing going over his mock draft. Woo, you want to talk about names? <laughs> but yeah, you know, either which way, I, I I expect him to make steps in the right direction. I expect them to be a better team than they were last year. You just you got to get some protection for Joey B. Uh, let the defense figure out itself, and maybe you go defense next year in the draft and pick up a you know linebacker, edge rusher, cornerback, you know wh- whatever the season shows you need. But focus on getting your offense right, getting protection in there for Joe Burrow, seeing what he can do with good weapons and good protection, and build off of that and make yourself a playoff team in twenty two. I really think that's where this team is headed. Yeah, I agree with all of you guys, both of you guys. I just feel like, um, yes, six six and eleven sounds about right. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough season. I think they're gonna compete in all of those games, though. I think it's just they just don't just don't have enough have enough guys, have enough star players, especially in that division. Like you said, very tough. Um, Burrow coming back. You know, he, he played. He played really well before he got hurt. I was just running for his life. You know, he he was throwing the ball. You know, fifty times a game. Look at that that Thursday night football game against the Browns. Threw the ball like 45, 50 times. So you're doing that with a bad O line. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Talk about throwing him to the wolves. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, T Higgins, yeah, he should it should it should be a breakout season for him. You know, he had. Um, yeah, he had a great rapport with, with Burrow, and I, I feel like, you know, he, he's gonna—he's definitely gonna get some looks. He's gonna get more targets. Boyd, Boyd under the middle, it's gonna be really solid. A solid number two guy. I think that's that's perfect for him. Um, yeah, he, he should—he should have a great season. He's six five, tall, can make big time plays. Uh, I expect him to have a big year. Defensively, they have—they have, they have to step up defensively. And look, you look at every other team in that division. They have, you know, they have solid defense. And in order for them, if they want to compete moving forward, 
they have to have to have solid guys now on 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 that on that side of the football. So, in the draft, they have to go. You have to improve the interior line on both ends, O line and protect Burrow, and then you have to get to you have to get to Lamar. You have to get to Big Ben. You have to be able to get to Baker um, <clears throat> to make plays. And I think they should they should definitely try to get a guy in the secondary as well. You need a guy to you know be able to turn the ball over and make some plays on defense. Have a lot of work to do. But yeah, I agree. I agree with Garrett. I think next, I think 2022 is where we could probably expect them to potentially get a get in a get a playoff berth and definitely be in that hunt. I think right. I think this is probably the what's your identity year, um, how they're going to play, and uh, the type of football they're they're going to bring to the table. I think they, they they need to lean on Mixon a little bit more if he can stay healthy, run the ball. Uh, that's 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 how also how you have a young O line, you fix the young O line, run run the ball a little bit, make sure Burrow's not doing everything. Um, and I, I think I think they'll be all right. You know, the Bengals for you know, as long as long as as long as I've been watching football, they've they've been they've been like they've been a weird team. You know, they've had, mid. they've had they've had some solid, you know, teams, players, great players come along there. Um just they just can never just get over the hump. You know, they had the Dalton years where they were good, they were they were good, but just not good enough. Then they had uh Carson Palmer there with Ocho and, and those guys, they were good, but they just couldn't, it just couldn't get over. Now the Browns are better than them. So now it's just like, it's another obstacle that they, that they have to get over. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how it plays out Cincinnati, but it does look like they have their guy uh, under center, which is, which is very important. And um, I think, I think in a couple of years, we'll, we'll be talking about this team being, being in the playoff chase. And I, just, I want to circle back to one thing that I missed when I was running through the list of questions. I don't think the losing the running back really hurts them at all. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad, and I understand that offensive line contributes to this. I feel like he ran for person. Yeah, he ran for 400 yards last year. I, I, I don't really think that that's a problem to replace a 400-yard running back, especially if you get spend at least one, if not two, draft picks on the offensive line and improve the offensive line and get a guy to the line of scrimmage before he gets hit, you could easily plug somebody in there and get a six to 800-yard season out of them. For sure. Yeah, and then just uh, real quickly for me to circle back to something that I didn't answer either with Zach Taylor being on the hot seat. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we've seen coaches get fired so kind of sooner than um, expected. I know the Cardinals head coach got fired after a year. Freddie Kitchens got fired pretty quickly. I mean, there's a few coaches that have gotten fired pretty quickly, but I feel like they like Taylor. I feel like they're going to give him that chance to, uh, you know, see what he can do. And you know what, Matt? That's a bold statement right there. Garrett in the backfield rush for 400. You know, they did let me – you know, listen, let me just say this. I just want to say, as long as they let me drink bush light and smoke uh, cigarettes on the sideline, I'm good for 400 yards. (laughs) Listen, I'm just saying this. I played football back in my, you know, Mighty Might Division I days. Mighty Might, I'm crying. I I played line because I was obviously bigger than everybody. But they did let me run the ball twice in my career, 21-yard rush and a 19-yard rush. So let me tell you something. They called me Derrick Henry back in the day, basically. Derrick Henry, Lorenzo Mayo, tight wave. You know, Lawrence, you know, Lawrence, uh, I was about to say Lawrence Taylor. Um, Lawrence well, Danian Tomlinson, Jesus. Danian Tomlinson, sheesh. Sheesh. I mean, you know, I was, uh, L- I was that guy. LD, not LT. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there's, 
so many things going on. One of them liked cocaine. The other one actually played football. How did I forget? <laughs> but you know what? I think there ain't nothing up- wrong with cocaine, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, listen, kids, don't listen to everything we say. But you That's know very what? true. Kids I think. I think unless anybody has something else to say about this, we leave it on this converse, uh, on this comment by Matt that I'm going to pull up. Unless anybody has something else, let me know. No. I have right. one more. I have one more like general topic I'd like to circle back to real quick before we wrap the show up, but not on the Bengals. All right, no, no let me know then because I want to end the show with Matt's comment. Okay, uh, the one thing, and this is coming off sports me again. I have a lot of fun on that app, so I'm going to plug it whenever I get every chance I get. But the question posed was: Is the pocket passer dead? Like, is mm-hmm. the time of the era of the pocket passer over? And I think yes. I just wanted to post. I'm going to say why, but I just wanted to pose that to a couple other football guys while I was on the show here. And I'm not saying a running quarterback. I'm not there. You okay? So just we're generalizing here, and I realize that you can make exceptions to this, but call Tom Brady a pocket passer and Lamar Jackson a running QB. Yes. I think the pocket passer is over. The era of the pocket passer is over. I'm not saying we're going to Lamar Jackson, but I think we're definitely getting somewhere in the middle ground there where you have to be mobile. I, You saw Nick Foles try to do the pocket passer thing in Chicago where he dropped back five steps and was a statue and he got murdered. You can't do that. You have to be able to run. It doesn't have to be a key part of your game. I mean, I don't care if you get – you know, 200 yards on the year, four yards at a time. You have to be able to move and extend the play and either find an open guy or pick up, you know, if you have 200 yards and you're averaging three yards a carry, but you're turning negative plays into positive ones, I count that as a mobile quarterback. And I think that's what, I think that's where the league's going. Like you have to be able to get out of the pocket. You have to be able to extend the play. And you have to be able to pull the ball down and turn a five-yard loss into a three-yard game. All right. This is a hard question for me because I think I agree with you to the fact it's going in the middle where not you're a running quarterback, but like if the pocket breaks down, you can actually leave it and not be automatically sacked. But then you start looking at the Super Bowl and who wins. And that's, you know – at the end of the day, what every team is trying to do. So we'll just go back. Brady won last year. Mahomes, who I'll say I'll put in the middle. I don't think Mahomes is a running quarterback by any means, but he's I no, think he's definitely the, mobile. Yeah. And okay. I, would call Aaron, I would call Aaron Rodgers a mobile quarterback. Yes. Yeah. And sure. then the year before that, Patriots again, Brady. The year before that is is Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl as the quarterback. Brady again. Peyton Manning, even though he got backpacked to that Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Brady again, then you, you break the mold here with Russell Wilson, uh, obviously. Uh, Joe Flacco, Eli. So, like, all the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks are pocket guys. But in a way, I still agree that we're going more towards the middle than full-on Lamar. I think yeah. we're I think we're looking at a at a Mahomes type of thing because Mahomes yes. is obviously a, a great pocket quarterback, but he has just enough mobility 
that like when the play breaks down or something like that, he's leaving the pocket can get the first down. But I feel like dead is such a strong word to me just because of past Super Bowl success and the NFL is the biggest copycat league. I mean, look a few years back, everybody started running the fucking wildcat. Like really? We started running the wildcat because it worked for like three days. But so I mean, if teams with pocket passers keep winning Super Bowls, I just feel like they're gonna be like, Well, you know what? We tried the running quarterback thing, but maybe we do need someone that's a statue. I don't know. The, the thing is, just like the defensive players are so much faster now, and it's just like you just have to be able to have some type of a elusivity um, <laughs> and um, make play. Brady is the like ultimate exception to the to 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 the the mobile QB. Well, Peyton. Yeah, I mean now. I mean like right like, now. You're going. I mean, like, you're going four seasons back for Peyton. That that's kind of my like. I think. Yeah, I think we're seeing. I, I think we're seeing this transition happen like as we speak. That's yeah. why I don't really like you using Eli or Peyton as an example. Right. And I think Brady's an outlier. Hey, that's what I'm saying, right? You look at you look at the top five. You look at the top five quarterbacks. All of them, with the exception of Brady, have some type of mobility. Wilson, Watson, Allen, Lamar, Mahomes, Rogers. You know, they all have some type of. If it's third, if it's third and four, and you know the play breaks down, they could get those. Like like Gary said, they could be able to get four yards and 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 keep the chains moving. Like, it's it's important, and you see you see the guys that are in the draft: Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance. Only one is Mac Jones. The only one that doesn't have true mobility. So, um, I, I, only- I would say that Mac Jones has not been proven to have true mobility because he didn't have to. He, he played play up fucking Alabama. Right, right. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. I, I, I agree. I think um, times definitely has changed. Um, and But even even back in the day, I mean, Montana was Elway. I mean, those guys are running around. I mean, it just wasn't like – it just wasn't to, the, to how it is today. So um, I think it's always been there, but I think now today with – it just it just extends plays – you could you you could ex, you could extend your playbook as well, doing some read options, triple options, things like that. RPOs has been such a, a big time acquisition to NFL offenses. So um, it's, it's very it's very it's very key now in, in today's game. And I don't I don't see I don't see it going anywhere. Even though injuries are going to happen, Dak you know Dak rolled out and had the crazy injury, but um, I, I, I still feel like you know these these coaches these GMs they're they're going to try to get a guy that can that can move out the pocket and, and do do a little bit of improv. See, that's my only other thing, too, is that, like, if we go towards it and then players – not players, quarterbacks start getting injured more, I feel like that's where it ends because I think – I think in a weird way you're okay with your star You still, you still can't hit them like that anyway. No, I mean, I, I mean, they're yeah. still throwing the flag, bro. Even when no, they slide listen, and you touch them, they're throwing the even flag. Even if it's a flag and you get hurt, you're still hurt. No, yeah, I'm like, true, but, but they're still going to be protected. Like, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, this is my thing. As soon as Mahomes, and God forbid it happens because he's fun to watch, as soon as Mahomes runs out of the pocket and gets leveled and gets hurt and has to miss a few games, they'll be like, listen, if you ever leave the pocket again, we're putting a fucking ankle monitor on you. Well, and, he's, been, he's been. He's had injuries already. Got the yeah, turf toe, well, and, the knee. Well, the concussion. knee was weird. That was on a QB sneak. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel yeah. you, but he's, he's had some – Turf toe. He was running for his life in the Super Bowl, bro. Like I feel like the minute he was, if he was a station stationary guy in the Super Bowl, the the Bucks would have like had the most sacks in in a game. 
I don't Mahomes know. I just ran for 450 yards in the Super Bowl. They were just all I sideways. I just feel like once, <laughs> once your $50 million cap hit gets hurt by running out of the pocket, you're going to be like, okay, buddy, calm down. Well, and that's where the coaching has changed too because you, you even watch like early 2000 footballs, quarterbacks, when they ran, they were lowering the shoulder. Oh, yeah. And you watch quarterbacks run now. And even the ones that are dangerous, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Wilson, the ones that have the and uh, Kyler Murray in Arizona, the ones that have the ability to juke guys and break tackles. If it's a positive play, they're taking the slide, they're stepping out of bounds. They're Josh Allen is my contact. only exception to that because I've seen Josh Allen body some people, and he heard yeah. of that Vikings player. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. have to. He's gonna have to chill. He's still young. He's he's young right now. He's eventually, yeah. bro. Yo, is the linebackers again? They're gonna get. Look at Devin White. Devin White's running down. He's not gonna try to. He's not gonna try to truck Devin White. No, or someone like that. Like, yeah. He's gonna. Yeah, I've seen him, he's I've gonna. Seen sl- he's gonna slide. He's I've gonna seen slide. him stiff arm some cornerbacks and things like that, and and you know, continue on with the play. Like Josh look at, Allen. Look at, look at Josh Cam. Allen. Don't, don't be like Cam. See, that's my other thing too. Brady's been around for what twenty two seasons. Cam is in what year? Like year ten. Year ten, and we're talking about him being done already. Like, do you want your mobile quarterback to only have a ten-year career, or do you want the statue that can give you twenty-two? Well, you got You got to. You still have to be elite in the pocket as well. Do you want like twenty-two eight and eight seasons, or sorry, eight and seven se- or eight and nine seasons, or do you want ten winning seasons? Well, if they Carolina the didn't have the ten winning seasons, though. Well, and that's I think. Cam was just a little bit about ahead of his time, and Michael Vick was like way ahead of his time. Oh, yes, Mike was. Yeah, yeah but I, Mike I, was I, I really think the league is going to where you you're really going. I mean, they're never going to be gone completely, but I think like the five and seven step dropbacks are going to become less like less and less used. Oh yeah, I think it'll be a lot of three steps and get the ball out in two seconds. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and a lot of rolling the pocket right, you know, bootleg right, right off the snap, have a mo- have a moving pocket with a quarterback that can move around. And I mean, shit, even Baker Mayfield gets rollout calls. Yeah, a lot less of this straight drop back, plant your feet and pass, and a lot more of moving pocket, three-step drops, make your read. If it's not there, break out and extend the play. So, I just I really think we're getting away from the five and seven step drop back quarterbacks. Listen, to, to I'm not quote, saying it's going to go away. I mean that still has to be part of your arsenal, but that can't be a hundred percent of your arsenal. To quote Joey Bosa when they played the Patriots in the playoffs, stop throwing the ball so damn fast. <laughs> that's uh, that's what it's going to go to. That's what it's going <laughs> to go to. So. Uh, unless uh, they start jumping over the center to get sacks, I, I feel like even sack numbers are going to go down. Because, like we said, you know, Brady throws in like two seconds. We have rolling pockets. We have mobile quarterbacks. Like I feel like twenty sack years are gone because like you can't get there in a second unless you know maybe you're like Aaron Donald. You can literally just throw another human being into the quarterback, and well, we've seen him do that. But, Shout out Reggie White. Oh my God. His tapes are crazy. I, 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 you, you joke about Aaron Donald throwing another human into oh, no. a quarterback, but 
Reggie White legit got a sack by throwing a guy at the quarterback from five yards away. No, Reggie White was a (laughs) – that's textbook definition problem. That's the problem right there. But, all right, let me wrap it up with the best quote that I think – or the best comment I think I've seen on any of my three shows by Matt. Wait, not – nope, not wrong one. This one. Cowherd stinks. The only good thing he did was bring on Joey Taylor as a co-host of the Herd. Sheesh. Excellent point. Cuz, I'll give you this. Joy Taylor, A1. That's uh-huh. A1. Also, very uh, smart, though. You she's see cool. Flag, she's cool. You see this flag over the shoulder here? I do. Yeah. I hate Colin Coward because he hates time. Oh, yeah, I don't know really. why, but he does. And yeah. it is annoying as shit. <laughs> I feel like everybody Iowa, hates Iowa was I'm legit 10 and 0. I, can't, I it was like I can't remember. It's like 2015. I don't know. They went 10 and 0, and Coward was on his show talking shit about him. So yeah, I'm here for the Coward slander all day, every day. <laughs> so I was any Baker Mayfield fan? Yeah, Joy. Yeah, Joy. She's cool. She's calm. Um, yeah, yeah Coward, I, does, I like Joy. He does. Uh, Coward, one thing I like about Coward. Yeah, he does his. He's he's hyperbolic. We really know that, but. Um, he does do good interviews. I'll say that. Oh, no, he's he does, a good interviewer. Yeah. He does have good interviews. I'll give him that. When he has guests on, talk about the game, he, you know, he gives them the opportunity, you know. That's 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 the one thing I'll say about him. Everything yeah. else is just everything Listen, else is just like you said, it's just media. It's just I was just media. saying, if you want to see the best interviewer that I've ever seen, go watch Hot Ones with Sean Evans. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that YouTube series where they interview the well, Listen, CJ. I would hope everybody does. But how ones where they eat the wings and they interview celebrities? Sean Evans is literally the best interview I've ever seen, and this is coming from somebody who has to watch interviews for college all the time. So I actually, you know, decently know what I'm talking about in this situation. Sean <laughs> Evans, fantastic. But with that being said, we'll wrap it up. It's been a very long show, uh, but a very good one, I, I will say. This is one of the, I think this is one of the better shows we've had. So. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, got a shout out to the sponsors, of course. So if you want to bet, go over to mybookie.ag and use USN100 to double your first deposit. If you want to bet on a sport, go do it there. Double your first deposit with our code, and you'll be taken care of very well. I hit a nice uh, parlay last night to start off my Monday. So your boy's feeling pretty good. Um, next up, we have RXM. RXM USN will save you 10% on your entire order. They got the hot and cold CBD pain relief cream. So if you're a little sore from life, as I always like to say, Go check them out. You'll feel brand new after you use it. Uh, check that shit out. It's legit. I use it all the time. Yes, sir. I'm a, yo, listen, I, I should have had it after my second COVID shot. I felt like Garrett Cole after going nine innings. It was killing me. But uh, <laughs> excuse me. God damn. Next up uh, is the Teespring shop, teespring.com slash unwrap. No, wait. No, teespring.com slash store slash unwrap. There we go. Uh, check out all the merch from the network. Check out an individual show if you like it. They also have merch, including this one, including Garrett's show, uh, The People's XFL. So make sure you go and check that out. And then finally, the Patreon, patreon.com slash sports. Go check us out. $1, you're supporting the squad. $5, you get access to our Discord. 10% off the store. And entered into a gift card, an Amazon gift card giveaway. And then the $10 tier, the final tier, you get everything I just said, except the 10% discount goes to 20 and you get entered in to our signed memorabilia jersey giveaway as long as Garrett doesn't steal it from us again with his burner accounts. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> I give the floor to you, Garrett, to 
plug whatever you have going on in life. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at Garrett from Iowa, and I co-host the People's XFL show every Wednesday night. We talk alternate football leagues, and that is at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. And then uh, the Degenerates Corner, which is just kind of a fun show. We talk random news shit and give out gambling picks, me and uh, another guy. So uh, shout-out to XFL Jim and Midnight Moose, my co-hosts, and uh, that the Degenerates Corner runs Thursday nights at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Yeah, That's all I, I got. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, catch me on um, Twitter right there, CJ underscore James9, uh, CJ versus the world on Twitch. Uh, yeah, color streams, by the way, my guy. I got you, bro. I got you. Uh, color cast, catch me. Uh, CJ versus the world on there as well. Uh, Garda podcast on Instagram. Yeah, and the hard count. Sit, man. Yes, sir. As for me, uh, Monday, Generational Sports. That's 7 Eastern. Me and Josh talk about a little bit about everything football, basketball. I like to sneak in my baseball topics every once in a while. Um, obviously, you just watch the hard count, me and CJ, every week. That's 9 Eastern. Check us out. Keep supporting us. Support the pod and everything like that as Throw well. Throw the comment up. Throw the comment uh, up. No, I'm going to. I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. Um, Thursdays is backstop banter with me and Michael. Everything baseball related. Go check us out. Season's finally underway. Got a lot of things to talk about going on there. Uh, the Twitch account is Anthony underscore Conover as well. Put all the pods there. When MLB the show comes out, it's wraps. That's all I'm playing. I might cancel every pod. I might just cancel everything. Dude, I like I, I I was hopping on my Xbox to play uh, golf last night, and I was scrolling through my games, and it said the show was downloaded, and I got excited, thought like maybe I got early access for pre-ordering, and I hit go, and it was like sorry, You're this title is not available at this time, and I about cried. I was so excited. Listen, <laughs> tomorrow at midnight. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. Thursday, Thursday. It's only Tuesday, bud. You're gonna head yeah, to tomorrow time. midnight. Tomorrow's like, Wednesday. Oh, yeah, and then midnight is Thursday. No, it, it, the drop date is the 16th, so it's Thursday at midnight. Are you? I don't, I don't think you're right. It's the 16th, well, so uh, Thursday I'm, at midnight. We I'm go. getting it on the 20th via Game Pass. Uh, so, uh, oh, wait, take- yeah, it does come out the 16th. Yeah, so Thursday at midnight, homie. Thursday at midnight. You just killed my vibe, by the way, Gary. You should have just let me live because that really just killed my whole vibe. Um, (laughs) Wow, that sucks. Um, I was so excited. But, um, yeah, Anthony underscore Conover is Twitch. Uh, Anthony Conover underscore is my Twitter. And apparently I've also made an OnlyFans. So, Connie.OnlyFans.com slash VPix slash BBM slash Thick Daddy. Shout out, Christian. You're a, you're a piece of work, my guy. Thick you're a piece of work, Daddy. Two C's, two C's, two C's. Two. Two C's. Gotta that's go with the two C's. That's how you know it's real. But uh, thank you, boys, for joining us, CJ. Always a pleasure, my guy. We'll be back next week. And Garrett, uh, thank you for pulling up to the show. Anytime, man. I will do my best. I, I I love doing these streams. Anytime you want me, man. We will see everybody next week. Thank you for tuning.